Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. There's a good question floating around out there. Should you own a home in retirement? got this one sent in and it's if you don't have an, see, again how much do I know about you is where it becomes kind of a damnation game right if the only asset that I had in retirement was a home that was worth a million and a half dollars I would consider doing a reverse mortgage or selling it or downsizing or doing something maybe getting renters in place subletting I don't know but it's an asset in retirement where your ability to earn income goes down your social security is pretty much so fixed income um, but a growing number of seniors now have to be, you know, opting to rent during retirement rather than own. Because again, a million and a half dollar asset just sitting there appreciating with real estate may not do you enough. Whereas if you sell it, cash out, you can create fifty thousand dollars, sixty thousand dollars of income from that that asset till the day you die. So there's a lot of good reasons to own a home, both as a working adult and as a retiree. When you own a home, you don't have to stress about your rent suddenly going up once your lease runs out. That's kind of nice. Um, you don't need to worry about your landlord deciding to reoccupy or sell your home, thus leaving you out on the street till you find a new place to live. Perhaps the most enticing benefit of owning a home is the tax breaks that come along with it. You know, with homeowners, you get a write off the interest you pay on mortgages for now. Uh, will that change with? You know, our current administration or future administrations as they try to figure out tax codes, maybe. Um, despite all the perks of owning a home, you know, like I said, a lot of Americans are getting gray and grayer and whose hair are falling out are choosing to forego home ownership in favor of renting. Um, a recent survey that I saw said that 33% of baby boomers and 46% of seniors who are over 65 are making a conscious decision to rent their home that they live in rather than buy. Even though they could afford the latter option, it brings up the question, is home ownership later in life a good idea? Earlier in life, in your 20s, I always say, you don't really need to buy yet. It's great if you do, and you're going to be living there for a long term. But it begs the question, it, it throws out the idea of your mobility in your early years of finding the right job for you in the right market and the cost of buying and selling. So renting in retirement has its benefits. Um, retirees live off fixed income, so it stands to reason that the more fixed costs they're able to work with, the better. And a lot of retirement expenses come with their fair share of variables. So owning a home, you may have to put in a new roof. Renting a home, you don't have to do that. Um, just to throw that out there, property taxes are something that a lot of people forget when it comes to home ownership. 
I own a home in the Bay Area that my mortgage is pretty reasonable because I put a good chunk of money down and then I aggressively found the right financing for it um, through my friend Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Um, but my, my, even though I have Prop 13, I'm late to the party. And I don't like Prop 13 in any way, shape, or form. I think uh, if you're going to base it off the price of the house, I think you should base it off the price of the house and not say, well, if the house goes up a lot, we're not going to change that for those people. So, And when you have two homes right next to each other, you get the same exact city and state services. Um, it just seems odd to me. But I deserve it. I'm old. So it's true that your mortgage payment can't go up in retirement, which is a fixed cost. Um, but like I said, it's just one piece of that home ownership puzzle. Property taxes, um, for a lot of people, can exceed the mortgage payment as you get older. Homeowners paid an estimated $247 billion in real estate taxes um, in 2000. But by 2010, that number was $476 billion. So we're paying more and more taxes. There's maintenance, like I said, to consider on a roof. The average homeowner spends between 1% to 4% of their home's value per year on upkeep. Now, if you happen to buy a new home in retirement, you can probably keep your maintenance costs lower than the expected range. But oh, I don't think, like grandma, and I actually know a grandma, and I don't know a lot of people, but I, I'm not that much of a social butterfly. But I do know someone who stayed in her house I want to say 65 years, which is crazy to me. Um, but anyway, it, it begs the question of should you or should you not? And there's no right answer. Housing starts in the United States fell in July on the apartment building slowdown. That's not good because apartment buildings are tied towards lower cost homes. And then their permits that were seen in this report were also lower than expected. And permits, so what I want you to get out of this segment is not, you know, this month we saw this, is that when you see multifamily home starts slump or apartment slump, it's telling you that there's not going to be a lot of cheap homes or cheap options for people, cheaper, cheaper options for people. When you drive by a condo complex and you see condo started at $699,999, you're like, that's not very cheap. But you get the idea. Um, so that's out there. Mortgage rates are pretty low rates right now, but refinancings aren't really going on. I think that's largely in part because people who wanted to refinance have refinanced. Um, a lot of people have already refinanced at rock bottom rates, so the pool of potential applicants is shrinking. Uh, college students, um, as they grow up, they're starting to see. As they've graduated in March, April, and college students go back to school in you know September, October, uh, you're starting to see a new crop of younger people having to deal with life. And like, I remember some of the decisions that you made in college weren't exactly hard decisions. You know, housing: do you live on campus and get room and board, or off campus and do it yourself? So colleges charge a premium for access to everything that's right on campus. It's it's literally a premium that you pay. There's always going to be cheaper options off campus. Um, worthy of note. But then again, you start losing the college experience. I did two years on, two years off, and I feel that was perfect. Um, transportation costs. 
Uh, do you remember when you went to college, you wanted a car and you learned how much parking that car was? Um, so it became a very bad idea to have a car, especially when you're on a kind of a budget where you're not really working, you're studying and learning. You're going to the Citadel and learning how to kill the White Walkers. No, 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 no. That's Game of Thrones. Anyhow, uh, meal plans, you know, they're great if you use three times a day, but then you start looking at the food and you're like, oof. So I remember meal plans were crafted like, do you want 10 meals, 15 meals, 21 meals? Um, and I wasn't a football player, so my consumption needs weren't that big, but again, probably cheaper living on the outside of the college, but probably healthier options as well. A lot of things to think about when you're growing up. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. I do this show really, really honestly dedicated to getting you to retirement. And at times, I don't feel bad for you when you don't get to retirement. I know you're saying you're cruel. You've got money, and I don't. Well, also, I choose not to go to a lot of things that I could. Um, a friend of mine went to a, a wear white, all white um, rave. And I'm like, how much was that? And everyone's wearing white. And it's like, oh, aren't we cool? And aren't we young? We're all wearing white. I've got black thoughts. And you're just like, oh, Hundreds of dollars. Americans spend $56 billion a year on sporting events. Sports lovers coughed up $33 billion for athletic equipment and $19 billion for gym memberships over the past years. The average cost of a family of four going to an NFL game is more than $500. In the Bay Area, it's going to be more like $1,500. Older adults and lower-income Americans are less likely to go to sporting events. Um, I'm not saying that I think older adults are smarter, because I don't. Uh, them and their Prop 13, oh, why I ought to, to the moon. But it's expensive going to a sporting event. And 34% of Americans go to a sporting for event sporting event 29 percent buy athletic equipment 23 percent have gym membership fees even though in theory you could run on the road or go to a track and work out there uh, with stairs um, sports themed video games 12 percent of americans have uh, fantasy sport leagues four percent of americans spend 2.3 billion dollars on fantasy sports anyhow and anyway this is why you're not going to get to retirement now talking about retirement let's bring in cfp chat burton mr burton Joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. Chad specializes in retirement issues, financial planning issues. Um, These are issues that are kind of intense, expense planning for retirement income. What's the best way to go out trying to figure out cash flow projections and taxes and insurance and inflation? All things that are almost like dirty words Mm -hmm. to people who want to live and just in the moment and not necessarily think about these big issues coming down the road. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a whole webinar on the website, New Focus Financial, that you can watch from your own home, and I go through the cost of retirement, all, this, all the ways that you have to calculate. I mean, first, the first thing is, it's not rocket science, it's called sitting down with a spreadsheet and tracking your expenses for a while to get a clear idea of what you spend on utilities and all the things to keep the lights on. 
But then focusing on what you want retirement to be like. What's going to get you out of bed? Okay. Keep you motivated. What your routine is, the gym, the golf course, tennis, whatever it is, and find out what all those costs are. Realize that your travel costs are probably going to increase. Realize that you might be helping kids and grandkids more and putting that all into play and then saying, okay, here's my income need. Here's my accounts that I own, my IRAs that haven't been taxed, my low-cost basis stock, my high-cost basis stock. What's your individual taxes? I mean, it takes some hard work to really dial it down to make sure the final, you know, what you, do you really have enough to retire? In your 20s and 30s, you're saving 10 to 15% of pay, knowing that you'll probably be okay if you do that. But before you pull the trigger and retire, you got to know, am I really on track? Now, we got on the website, there's also the how long will it last PDF that you can download. Okay. That shows you, it says, okay, it's, it assumes that every year you draw more, 3% more for inflation. And you can clearly look and say, if I'm earning 6% on my money and I'm pulling out 6% a year, it'll tell you how long your money's going to last. And so you can at least get a basic idea once you've sat down and done your expenses and your tax calculations and your healthcare costs. I really don't think most people, and I'll give you an example in my life, um, I don't think most people have the ability to do that, Chad. Um, family member- Or the time. Or the time, or the getting it close. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a family member who just inherited some money. New car's already been bought for $60,000. Yep. Um, on top of that, new new Mac for a 70-year-old-plus woman who probably doesn't need all the computing power of a new Mac. Um, and yet, some of these expenditures are starting to add up fast. Right, right. So, um, what do we need to know when we do inherit some chunk of change? What's or just have any kind of a windfall. Windfall? Um, don't do anything for a long period of time, because it can take some counseling. Some people, Rob, have a mental block and feel like they should be broke, no matter what their situation is. Uh, you know, I, when I was really, That's really young in the business, I, I, had a, I had a neighbor that got $700,000 from a Fenfen case. And then the medication, yeah, diet yeah. medication that caused heart problems, you know, and I tried to get him, get her to invest over and over. And all of a sudden new cars, kids had new cars. The house oh. was being remodeled. They bought another house. She let her son move in rent free to this house. He's having parties, destroying it. And sure enough, ran into one of the daughters, you know, about 15 years later and mom's broke $700,000 gone because some people have this mental thought that they don't deserve it or they shouldn't have it. And they make really quick decisions they feel like anxious there's there's nothing that you should be investing in that that's going to go away right now anybody that's giving you that fire sale kind of a notion that you have to do something right now don't work with them when you look at a bucket list um i do something kind of similar with a christmas list every year Mm -hmm. i come up with a list of 10 people that i love and care about and that i want to get gifts for and then i cross four five six seven eight nine ten off the list (laughs) so and i only get gifts for the top three people yep and that's my way of keeping in with my budget um, and not get, because Chad, you don't care. You just buy bunt cakes for everybody, right? You and me, or <laughs> the two of us know each other well, and you don't care if I get you a gift. You just want me to have a beer with you on occasion and, yeah. and say, good job. So we, yeah. over, we basically I'm saying we over gift. It is. I mean, we're kind of at the point where people feel like they're supposed to do it. And if they don't, something wrong with you. I don't, and I, the, I, it could all go away and I'd be fine with it. And that goes back to the bucket list. I think you should have a bucket list of things you want to do, but I think you should keep the cost down as well and not yeah. just, you know, go wild. Seniors gone wild. What do you think? <laughs> you think Joe Francis is quaking in his boots? Let's do that. I'm sure there's already something like that on the internet. There always is. You know the worst thing I ever saw that just told me the decay in society was bum fights. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. There's almost nothing worse than that. There's a whole movie based on that, too. Like, Bum with a Shotgun. No. Yeah. <laughs> Bum with a Shotgun or get, something like that. I don't get to the movie theaters that you get to. It wasn't a movie. It was like a one of those days where I don't watch that much TV, and I was flipping through it, and Bum with a Shotgun was on, and it was... The whole thing started off because of the filming a bum trying to do something. It's just horrible. That guy should be in jail. Nice. It's CFP Chad Burton. That spot went downhill real quick. Didn't it? It's okay. <laughs> CFP Chad Burton talking retirement issues. These are all issues, and I think that was a real segment with real content. Um, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. He alluded to some good downloads of that site, so check it out, newfocusfinancial.com. Enjoy your big fat chickens now because Morgan Spurlock is making a Super Size Me Part deal. And in part two, he's going to take on chicken and the whole chicken industry. And if you study chickens or you just see history of chickens, they've gotten huge. And basically, he's taking a shot at Tyson, Purdue, Pilgrims, and Coke Foods. And you should take a look at their stocks because there could be some backlash against them. That's all I'm going to say. And again, I'm not political. Eat chicken if you want to eat chicken. Eat meat if you want to eat meat. Two ways you can save the planet. Stop eating chicken. Stop eating meat. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Focusing on real estate this hour. I talked a little bit about Hershey, and I didn't get a chance to get into it. Obviously, Hershey bars made millions and millions of dollars and. A lot of diabetics and fat people. Um, maybe chocolate's probably killed as many people as cigarettes, but chocolate's lovely. Let's go eat some more chocolate. Nom, 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 nom. Get in my belly! But Hershey, his name was Milton Snavely Hershey. And I so badly want to name a kid. I don't... I, 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 no more kids for me, right? Not going to happen. But if I could name a kid Snavely, S-N-A-V-E-L-Y, that's pretty awful. Snavely? <laughs> What's the name of that dog? Muttley. Muttley. Muttley, okay. Um, cartoon dog. One of the greatest cartoon dogs of all time who, oddly enough, sounds like a smoker with a cough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, so Hershey knew he chose well when he picked up his, his um, Hershey town. He basically chose to have the Hershey factory in, the f- in a field. And right next to that field was dairy cows, which is made milk for said chocolate. Uh, but also right next to it were railroads, which could bring people in and out and could bring, you know, supplies for candy bars in and out and send candy bars in and out. So it was a pretty smart idea. And this begs or this kind of moves us into uh, the concept. And he's one of the greatest manufacturers in the, in the world. He um, had a construction program that would eventually become a model industrial town. And Amazon has recently said that they're considering um, setting up a new headquarters. And they're kind of dangling it, kind of the way Tesla did. We're going to build the world's largest lithium-ion battery factory. Who wants it? What city? We're going to bring high-paying jobs to your inconsequential middle-of-America city. (laughs) And cities went nuts over it. Mayors promised things they couldn't promise. I'm I'm sure some of the the illegal stuff, you know, oh, you want a prostitute? Okay, okay. Maybe that's, I'm making that up, but I'm sure there were some things done that were a little on the shady side to get some of these deals. And now, um, so Reno got that. Reno got it. Yep. 
Um, so Tesla, and what has it done? It's it's put it's thousands and thousands of jobs. Yep. It's pushed home prices to their highest they've ever been and rents to the lowest they've uh, vacancies to the lowest they've ever been and rents to the highest they've ever been. And it's created a situation where not only do you have engineers and factory workers who are going to be making these batteries, but you have truck drivers coming in and out. They need a gas station. Um, they need a service station. They need food, more restaurants for all these employees, more waiters, more waitresses, more managers, more opportunities where people like you and I go, you know what? I'm tired of the rat race. Let's open up a pizza parlor. Um, and we do that. So it creates a lot of opportunity when you get a headquarters. Um, I've talked in the past about getting some of the local journals. Like every major city's got a business journal, like the Raleigh Business Journal, the San Francisco Business Journal, the Sacramento Business Journal. And a lot of it is, is tied towards what company is leasing, what company is getting new buildings. So when Apple opens up a new building, it brings in a lot of people. Uh, when Oracle says, you know, we need another building, or Google says, we need another building, they're not having them sit empty. In this case, Amazon's saying we need a new town. Right. Yeah. So they're known as a Seattle-based company. They're pretty famous for that. No? We? We. We. See. Hello, little puppy dog. You are so cute. Come into my cafe. I'm going to make food. I'm going to give you your own chair, little puppy. Uh, can, I get, can I get a table for two? No! My dog is sitting there. So anyway, we're not talking about Paris right now and my memories of Paris. Oh, their dogs had berets. I love it. And the mimes are for real. They have real mimes in Paris, which is worse. Mimes or clowns? Mimes. I kind of agree. Yeah. So, okay. So Amazon. What city do you think is going to get it so I can go buy real estate there? Oh, my gosh. Um, the city with probably the most infrastructure or at least the available land to build infrastructure. They've been looking at places like Austin and Boston. I think they looked in a Canadian town. I can't remember if it was Toronto or I don't think it was Vancouver. Listen to this. Um, this is an article out of the NOLA.com. Uh, you may have heard that Amazon, the world's largest online retailer, is looking for a new place to house its second headquarters. Yeah. There isn't a single city in this country, New Orleans, New Orleans included, that can deny the luster of luring a giant, shiny new headquarters building for one of the premier tech companies on the globe. Who wouldn't want a new 8 million square foot Amazon campus with 50,000 new jobs and $5 billion of investment? It's a New Orleans, right? Bringing 40,000 jobs and billion dollars of investments? Everyone would want it. And again, is New Orleans going to get it? No, maybe. But um, New Orleans needs an economic infusion. Then I'd go, if I'm Jeff Bezos, I'm like, aren't they below sea level? Yeah. Is this a good idea? Like, he's going to go, I want the building on the highest hill. Well, it's definitely a jackpot for people who own real estate right. in the town uh, that they eventually pick or city. But it's also a place where I would consider investing in. Right. The, yeah, the moment it, they announce the it, moment. I'm going to consider it. Yep. Um, I'm going to scan best neighborhoods in New Orleans. Let's say yep. it's New Orleans, because New Orleans is building a brand new, shiny $900 million airport terminal. So they're probably they're probably higher on the list because Amazon doesn't want to move somewhere, put a headquarters somewhere where the you know there's like three flights in and out. 
They're not moving to Raleigh, North Carolina. Airport, hospital. Yeah, they're going to look for an established city. I think Tesla did a great job with Reno. Uh, Lots of land to build, new homes, and they are building. Uh, I think Reno will be a good example of what uh, what Amazon is looking for in a new city. You, you said pop, probably a place like Raleigh, um, good infrastructure already, lots of land to build, and good schools. But all it probably around. won't be somewhere like a Blacksburg, Virginia, which is too hasty yeah. and not not enough infrastructure. But I would definitely consider investing in that city wherever they pick. Right. The U.S. has 55 metro areas with a population over one million, excluding Seattle itself and cities in Puerto Rico. It's about 53. So we have a 1 in 53 chance. Um, you're going to leave out uh, towns like State College or Ann Arbor, Michigan, where more than half the population is college educated. Um, but they lack the proximity of a major metro center. You know, one of the reasons the Bay Area has such a, a great market of tech companies is because they've got a great Stanford and Berkeley the schools to pull from. Yep. Uh, you know, you get on a you know, uh, interstate and drive 15, 20 minutes and uh, you get on campus and you, you sell your wares, so to speak. So Amazon is a prototypical innovation economy company and where they go will bring jobs. So um, the cities with the highest percentage of bachelor degrees, New York, L.A., Chicago, Dallas, Washington, Philadelphia. And then you start getting into some possibilities. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Huge airport. You get into Boston. Um, San Francisco, Oakland, Hayward. I'm like, no, but maybe Oakland, you know, maybe you're going for, maybe you're, but then there's so much competition already with the, the Googles and the Facebooks here. Um, Surprisingly, Austin's pretty high on that list, 42%. Yep. Compared to San Jose Sunnyvale with 48%. And you see cities like Milwaukee yeah. and they're on the list at 33% of their And there's Raleigh population. right there, 44% in Raleigh. Well, that's, I mean, you have those... Three great schools right there. But then again, like San Diego's got all the biotech companies. So you're thinking of cities like maybe Carlsbad, where you can probably get land mm-hmm. and steel comparatively. And you have L.A., you've got Mexico, you've got San Francisco, you've got China, all within striking distance in theory of airports and ports and such like that. But anyway, it's, a, it's an interesting concept. And when they announce it, it's not going to be built overnight. It could be a gold rush, though. Yeah, it's like the Salesforce Tower in San Francisco. Oh, I used to love San Francisco. And now it's just turning into Brooklyn, which is A-OK. It just loses. It's, it's kind of like Brooklyn for, I don't, I got to be careful what I say here. It's a really, really wealthy and affluent Brooklyn. Behave yourself. I'm not saying what's on my mind. I've actually got the internal editor on. You have a lot of practice at it. <sighs> I just don't want to go into Mike's office again. <laughs> I will do anything. I've got one of the best bosses, one of the worst bosses ever. Anytime I get into trouble, he refuses to talk to me directly about it, so he writes it on a note. <laughs> he slides it over to me. <laughs> Looks the other direction. I'm like, I have to look at it. I'm like, yeah, I did that. He, he shakes his head like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> am I in trouble? He shakes his head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, I almost have to guess what I do, because he, he just, he's one of those guys that doesn't want to be bad or be mean. So, wrong. anyway. <laughs> wrong. 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 <laughs> I beat Trump in the Battle of Wrongs. It's pretty good. Um, real estate in the Bay Area. What do you see in these days as far as inventory goes? It's anemic. Can I tell you, uh, my street had a block party last weekend or two weekends ago, 
And the percentage of people on the block coming is shrinking year over year over year. And my hypothesis is that there's turnover of people who just don't care anymore. Like, they're like, I just bought a $1.8 million house, and I'm not going to your cute little block party. I got my house. Screw you guys. Which is funny is that's why they bought it on that street. There's no community they bought the charm of the street. And it's losing the community. Yeah. Anyhow and anyway, and I think that is a long-term problem. And a lot like Rome, bring in the, um, let's bring in the Catholics and bring in the Lions. we got to entertain the people. (laughs) I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does all my mortgages, and he's someone I trust. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW radio app. What keeps you up at night? Is it your children? Because I believe the children are our future. Everything I've ever learned, I've learned in cheesy songs from the 1980s. So if you're a millennial, there's an ad out there right now. I think it's pretty darn telling. And it's an ad by Timberland. And Timberland makes boots. And the ad says, you're never going to retire. Why should your boots? And I believe that children are our future, and they're never going to retire. Now, I do like Timberland boots, but that's off topic. I know you're saying, you wear boots, Rob? I do. I look good in them. It keeps me up at night. Do I look good in these boots? Do these boots make me look fat? So what's the question that keeps you up at night? And typically, more often than not, it's, it's money. And a lot of times, it's what's going to happen to the stock market for me. Stock market's been very, very good to me. And you know who's going to ruin it for me? Is it the president? As my Jamaican friends would say, no, 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 no. Is it the Japanese? No, 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 no. What's going to ruin the stock market? Is it high price of oil? Low price of oil? No, 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 no. What's going to ruin the market? And one of the things that, you know, keeps me up at night is this idea that it's not marijuana. Marijuana solves all problems. It's not going to ruin the market. So says my Jamaican friends. I don't know myself. So I inhaled. I just, I I, I didn't inhale. I just played with the smoke in my mouth. I I never inhaled. Um, Clinton, what was he thinking with that lie? Um, Okay. So for me, the biggest mistake or the biggest thing that, it keeps me up at night is the central bank. It's the federal reserve. It's what are they going to do with interest rates? Um, the federal reserve, the bank of England, the European central bank, the bank of Japan, they've all engaged in this extraordinary balance sheet expansion that has become known as quantitative easing. It's the one thing that I fear could take down the stock market and take it down big time. So our federal reserve has been slowly, slowly lower raising interest rates higher Uh, And when they lowered them, they were like, quicker, 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 quicker. We couldn't lower rates fast enough to zero. Can you make lending cheap? Holy mackerel. You suddenly have money to buy anything. So you were like, I want another mortgage. Thank you for that mortgage. Give me another mortgage. Um, I'm going to go build a spaceship. Apple didn't build a literal spaceship. They built an office that looks like a spaceship. Of which if you Google 4K Apple spaceship... There's amazing 4K uh, drone footage that, for some reason, a drone's able to take better footage than a crane. It's pretty amazing. I highly recommend it. Um, But anyway, 
The thing that keeps me up at night is the Federal Reserve, and it's not even close. Or it's it's all the banks and when they unwind quantitative easing, when they take cheap money away, because I need someone to buy my home. If I bought my home for nine hundred thousand, it goes up to one point five million. I want someone to buy it for one point five million. I don't want them to buy it for one point four. I don't want them to buy it for one point three. Right? I want top dollar. And what happens is as interest rates rise, people are going, Well, you know, for me to borrow that money, I'm gonna have to pay back three thousand dollars a month. $4,000 a month. Oh, interest rates go up again. Oh, it's going to cost me $5,000 a month. And there's a point in time where people are like, I, I can't afford that. I can't do it. I just can't do it. And the wife's like, please. You can't handle the truth. It's got a good school system. And Jimmy needs a good school system. Otherwise, he's going to die. It's, the dad's like, I can't do it. I don't have. Okay, I'll do it. But when interest rates move higher, there's sometimes that math just kicks in that you just can't do it. So people don't afford mortgages. People don't afford, you know, a house. They don't go, it's a $1.5 million house. They go, I can spend $4,000 a month. I can look at my budget and go, I can spend $4,000 a month on housing, or I can spend $3,000 a month on housing. They don't go, I want a big deluxe apartment in the sky. They go, I want to live in New York and I've got $3,000 a month. And if it gets you a big deluxe apartment in the sky, you're like, woohoo. If it gets you a, a, a great house near a good school system, you're like, woo! But if $3,000 a month gets you a dingy cardboard box that has air conditioning, you're going to be like, I'm going to do that. If that's all it gets you, it's all it gets you, right? So and higher interest rates changes that number for people. So what keeps me up at night is not being able to sell my home for top dollar because of interest rates, because of some fat, pudgy white woman um, named Janet Yellen. I know you're saying you got something that's fat, pudgy white women. I do. I do. Janet Yellen. She kind of looks like the offspring of the Pillsbury Doughboy. Um, but I do find her sexy. I don't know what that you says look about like a me. Succulent baby lamb. Um, I would love to take Janet Yellen to dinner. She used to be the Federal Reserve uh, Chairman for San Francisco, so she knows that I listen. She knows, you know, me. She knows where to find me, right? Because I'm kind of a big deal in San Francisco. She knows I've got books, leather books, kind of le- a big deal. leather bound books. She knows I've got, I have many leather bound books and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. She knows this. She can find me, but she's my nightmare. I'm very important. Fantasy by day, nightmare by night. I have nightmares that she's going to raise interest rates too fast and that people aren't going to be able to grow their wages into those higher interest rates. Are you with me? Against me? You got to choose a side. This is a civil war. I'm Roberto Negro. Find me at robblackshow.com. <laughs>